Hi, I'm Ava Zielinski, and welcome to the fifth episode of my podcast for summer reading. The book I've been going over is The Hunger Games, and today I will be giving a summary of the next few chapters and my insight and opinion on a few situations throughout the book. Once Katniss and Peeta get to a safer, sheltered area, she tries to get him to eat. Peter refuses everything she offers him, and he tries to tell her something because he's not sure that he's going to make it out of the games alive. But Katniss doesn't let him continue. She kisses him out of nowhere as an attempt to make him stop talking, and it works. When she goes outside, another gift from her sponsors falls from the sky. She immediately knows that since she and Peter are supposed to be in love, every time they show each other affection, they will gain something. She knows that Hamish sent down the broth because of the kiss. Katniss tries to upplay the whole star-crossed lovers situation and goes to bring the broth to Peta. It takes her a very long time, but Katniss eventually convinces him to drink the broth. She stays up all night, looking out for tributes that have found their hiding place. She wasn't able to completely cover up Peta's previous campsite, which worries her, because they are not far from it. By nightfall, the temperature drops a significant amount, but because he's in the sleeping bag, Peta is overheating. The bag is reflecting his fever back on him, making him burn up even more. Katniss doesn't know what to do, because if she takes him out of it, she risks the possibility of him freezing. She ends up just putting a wet strip on his forehead. She realizes that because she is now in an alliance with Peta, who is badly injured, she is now in a worse position. Because Peta can't really walk or defend himself, Katniss would have to look after herself and him. By morning, Peta's fever breaks, and even though he's not totally better, he is starting to eat a little bit. He convinces Katniss to sleep for a little bit, agreeing that he will wake her up in a few hours. But Peta doesn't wake her up, which causes her to become angry. But she also realizes that he's dehydrated and his fever is back. When she checks his leg, she sees that the injury is much worse than it was the night before. There's a lot more swelling, and the skin is very inflamed. She then sees that Peta has blood poisoning, and there's nothing she can do about it except to hope that their sponsors will send them something to help before he dies. Instead of lighting a fire to cook their soup, Katniss decides to use the rocks outside because they are burning up out in the sun. Because she doesn't want to leave Peta alone, she decides to set up a bunch of snares instead of hunting. She hasn't seen much wildlife around, but she's hopeful she will get something. Peter requests that Katniss tells him a story about the happiest day of her life. She tells him about the time that she got Prim a goat, but she changes the story around a little bit so people don't know that she hunts illegally. She also doesn't want what she says on television to get the people in her district in trouble. The real story is that one day, Gail and Katniss went out hunting a few days before Prim's birthday. They were able to kill a young buck, and at the end of the night, they brought it into the district, directly to the butcher. They learned their lessons previously that you shouldn't bring big kills like deer to the butcher during daylight, because the citizens of her district would go crazy, and they would try to take pieces off of it. Both Gail and Katniss got a large amount of money for the buck, and this is how she was able to pay for the goat. Instead of saying this, though, Katniss told Peta that she got the money by selling her mother's silver locket. On the day of Prim's birthday, she spots an injured goat that she immediately knows she wants to get her sister. When the butcher comes to get the goat, she is informed that Katniss is interested and pretends that the goat isn't worth anything to her. Katniss was able to buy the goat and took it home to Prim. The excitement on her face when they walked in with the goat was huge, and their mother was able to save the animal. 
After she finishes the story, they both hear the sound of trumpets blasting from outside. Claudius Templesmith has another announcement, this time inviting all of the tributes to a feast. At first, Katniss decides that it's not worth it, but then she hears that there is more to this event than just a feast where everyone fights over some kind of food. For the tributes who go, they will find a pack with their district number on it, filled with something they need badly. Katniss now knows that she has to go, because their pack could potentially have medicine or treatment for PETA. He refuses to let her go, though, because he doesn't want her risking her life for him. This leads to an argument between them, ending in Katniss lying about not going. They eat the soup for dinner, and when they finish, Katniss goes outside to wash up. While out, she sees another gift arrive. It's sleeping medicine. At first, she doesn't understand why Hamish had this sent to her, but then it hits her. The medicine could knock him out for a day, which is all she needs to head over to the feast and retrieve the pack. She mixes the syrup up with some berries and brings it to Peta to eat. He starts eating them, noticing how sweet they are, but by the time he realizes what's in them, it's too late. Katniss begins to prepare for the feast, packing everything she needs and camouflaging the outside of their shelter so that it doesn't look questionable to any tribute. Before morning arrives, she sets out, and just as the sun begins to rise, a table with the packs come out of the cornucopia that was there on the first day of the games. Foxface starts to retrieve her bag as soon as she sees it. Katniss decides to go in after Foxface runs away, but as she nears the table, she senses that someone else is there. She blocks the knife coming at her with her bow and shoots the tribute, Clove. Clove dodges the hit, sending the arrow into her arm instead of her heart. Katniss grabs her pack, but as she turns around, she is cut in the forehead. Now injured, she goes to shoot Clove, but she misses because her vision is impaired by the blood running down her face. She's about to die when Thresh grabs Clove and drags her off of Katniss. Thresh heard Clove talk about how their alliance killed Rue, which angered Thresh because she was from his district. He kills her, and then he turns his attention to Katniss. Because she teamed up with Rue and tried to protect her, Thresh lets her go. She takes off just as Kato arrives, running in the opposite direction of Thresh. Kato runs after him, and Katniss knows that for now she's safe. She makes it back to where she left Peta and injects him with the medicine. Only seconds after sitting down, she passes out. Katniss wakes up the next day with her head bandaged up by Peta. He told her that the medicine she gave him helped immensely. The majority of the swelling was gone, and Peta is able to move around on it. In less than a day, the roles have switched, and instead of Katniss taking care of Peta, it's Peta waiting on her hand and foot. He doesn't understand why Thresh felt that he owed it to Katniss not to kill her, but Katniss does. It is the same way she feels about him. It is the same reason Katniss can't stop thinking about how she can return the favor of Peta giving her the bread she needed to feed her mother and sister. She will always have that feeling of needing to owe him for what he did for her, because of him, she started hunting and found a way to keep her family alive. Katniss breaks down. The games have taken a toll on her physically and emotionally. She knows that the Hunger Games are just a sick form of entertainment and an establishment of power for the capital, and she hates them for all of it. Katniss tries to get some rest, and when she wakes up, she has her dinner ready for her. She and Peta end up eating the rest of their food, so they know that they have to go hunting tomorrow, no matter what. They're still hungry after dinner, and Katniss remembers that when she shows Peta affection, her sponsors will send her something. Before she can play the relationship card, they begin arguing over whether or not she should have gone to the feast, and Katniss tries to express what she's feeling, but she isn't able to get the words out. 
so instead Peta ends up kissing her. They go to sleep, but when morning comes, they notice that the rain has not stopped from the day before. It didn't matter how much they needed to go hunting. It just wasn't possible. They stayed in their cave the whole day, starving, knowing that the only way they could get food is with Hamish's help. Because she wasn't sent food when she and Peta kissed, she felt that Hamish wanted to see something more emotional and personal. She asked Peta when the crush started, and he responds saying that it was the first day of school when she was singing in class. This was the first time that she noticed that he really does see and pay attention to her. He remembered the minor details about her life years ago, which surprised her. This not only shocked her, but also confuses her. She thought that the whole being in love thing was an act, but she felt that his story was too true. Katniss starts contemplating whether or not Peter really has a crush on her, and she knows that it would explain why Peter took a punishment to burn the bread and give it to her. Just as Katniss kisses him, a gift lands in front of their shelter. Attached to the parachute is a basket filled with rolls, goat cheese, apples, rice, and lamb stew. It was the same dish that she said made her happy during her interview before the games began. They decide to take only small portions of the food, because the last time they ate a meal that filling, they felt sick. Now that they haven't eaten a good meal in days, that food is definitely not going to stay down if they eat too much. After they finish their serving, they decide to wait an hour before having seconds, to make sure that their stomachs can handle the food. While they sit and wait, they begin to talk about Hamish, and Katniss realizes that if she wins the games, she will have to mentor the tributes just like he does. The thought occurs to her that maybe the reason Hamish is always drunk is because he's trying to drink his stress and pain away. Every year he has to train kids who will most likely end up dying, and that is a lot of pain for one person to go through all of the time. They only make it about 30 minutes before they are too hungry to wait anymore, and they go in for another small serving. While they are getting their food, they hear the anthem start to play, and they find out the thrush has died. They didn't hear the cannon go off at all that day, so this came as a shock to both of them. Even though thrush dying means that they are one step closer to winning, Katniss still feels a little bit of sadness. All she can think about is how he saved her life because of Rue. They agree to go to bed in shifts at night so that someone will always be awake to keep an eye out for Kato and Foxface. Peter wakes Katniss up because he wanted to eat again, so they both eat some of their rolls with cheese and apples. She learns that even though Peter has never had to go to bed hungry, he still hasn't lived the best life. He didn't have much, and the only food he really ate was the stale bread that no one else bought. She then begins to think about her life back home at District 12. If she makes it back home from the games, her life will never go back to normal. She will have money and a better house, but she also won't need to go hunting or trading so that she could feed her family. Katniss doesn't want anything else to change, but she knew right when her name was called from the ball that her life would never be the same. The next morning, Katniss and Peter get ready to go hunting. They eat almost all of what was left inside the basket they received, knowing that they will get more food soon. There is no sight of any animals in the area of their cave, so Katniss decides to head back to where she used to hunt and tells Peter to be on the lookout since only one of her ears work. As they make their way through the forest, all she can hear is the sound of Peter walking. With his injured leg, he is making it known to the tributes and every animal near them that he is there. Katniss makes him take his shoes off, but it only helps a little bit. Peter finally admits that they need to separate so that Katniss can get some food without him scaring everything away. She gives, him, she gives him instructions on what plants to pick and teaches him a bird whistle that they can use to tell each other that they are alright. She's able to get some food, but she notices that they haven't used the bird whistle in a while. 
This worries Katniss, and when she gives the call, she gets no response. She runs, but when she makes it back to where he left the food, she sees no sign of him. As she yells out his name, she hears something rustling in the bushes. Peter comes out, startling Katniss, who almost kills him. When she looks at their pile of food, she sees that there is some missing, and she blames Peter. He declines her accusations, claiming that he was down by the water picking berries. When Katniss examines them, she notices that the type of berries he picked could kill you instantly. All of a sudden, a cannon fires, and she assumes that Peter has died. But when she looks around, she sees a hovercraft take away Foxface's body. She was the one who stole some of their food and ended up eating the deadly berries. During these chapters, it is proven that even though it may seem like someone's life is perfect, it's not. Just because someone is in a better position than you, whether it be financially, physically, emotionally, or in some other way, doesn't mean that their life is more important or that there is nothing going wrong in their life. When you start to compare what you have to others, you will always feel like you need more. But more objects on this earth will never give you that fulfillment you are looking for. Katniss always assumed that since Peta's family worked in a good industry, it meant that they got to eat warm meals every night and that they could afford anything they wanted. But it was the opposite. They get left eating the leftovers that no one wanted, and they don't make that much money. What you see on the outside isn't always the truth, and people tend to put on a costume of sorts so that they can make it seem like their life is going great and that it is better than everyone else's, when in reality, it may not be the truth. That is the end of my fifth episode about the Hunger Games for my summer reading. Thank you for listening.